Are you thinking of starting to homeschool? Or have you been homeschooling for a while? And now you're feeling a little out of sorts and think, can I do this? Am I qualified? I have been teaching in the public school system for 20 years. And let me take you on a journey, show you how learning is easy, and you are probably the most qualified person for this job. Let's go on a journey. You're probably asking yourself, what is a word wall? <laughs> so word walls are number one fun and every age likes to use them. So word walls are vocabulary pages. Your child can create a vocabulary page focusing on one word. In the classroom, teachers usually have these words just as words on the wall and that's it. So it's a, a, a wall full of just words. In this podcast, we're going to take word wall to the next level. So what goes in our word wall? Well, obviously you have the word <laughs> and the word should be written and designed in a way that represents the meaning of the word. You're going to need to have the definition of the word as well. Then have your child use the word in a sentence. After that, get a real world example of the word in action or the word in use. Then have your child find another word that means that word, a synonym, then get a memory cue. Have them find the memory cue. Maybe it's a phrase. Maybe it will be a picture of something, of a certain type of something. I don't know, a picture, uh, a phrase, something that's going to jog their memory. And every time they hear or see that, they're like, oh my gosh, that reminds me of X, Y, and Z, whatever word that they are working on. That's the basics of a word wall. There are other components that you can add or you can omit depending on the level of your child's understanding. If you're doing a word wall with math, I would say you'd want to add like a mathematical example. If you're doing things with history, you want to add dates. Follows the line of whatever subject or category that word is under. And you can do it by hand, which is a lot of fun for, for some kids who are super kinesthetic, or you can do it digitally. And digitally adds lots of dynamics. You can add things like a video. You can add a short article that's linked to the word wall. You also have an opportunity for your child really to dig into words and their meanings by using a variety of different visual representations. The way I used it in my classroom was in my biology class. My bio class had some vocabulary that was kind of hard for my students to grasp. So I started noticing that and I was trying to think like, gosh, how will I help them understand these words? Cause I mean, I could explain it, you can explain it, but if they don't really get their hands dirty with the word, it's gonna be very hard for them. I've used it in my physics class as well. My physics class really works well because you can add the mathematical example there. And if you do it in foreign language, that really works well because you can add dynamics of both the your native language of English or if your native language is Spanish you can add both languages on there and the and the visual cue is going to be key 
in learning a foreign language. Yeah, so I guess the other part is like, how do you keep all this organized, right? Because once you've begun this process, creating these word walls, you really will want to find ways to keep them organized. One way, if you're doing it by hand, you're going to want to start creating like a notebook. I would suggest using a three ring binder. So that way, you don't have to like a lot out a certain amount of pages. Um, if you've bought like a, a bound notebook, you'd have to like count out how many pages you'd want in there. And if you wanted to keep it like literally very strict and rigid in that sense of like, well, we're going to learn this many words and you can do that for sure. I like the option of having it in a three-ring binder because you can just add the words and just create dividers. It will grow like that. You want to definitely keep all these words in alphabetical order as well. What I did for you guys was, well, I actually found, I found online um, by a techie teacher that's what she calls herself, techie teacher, that has all the alphabet and tabs in the cells of the Excel sheet. You can actually just put the name of your word there, link it, getting the URL page from the doc that you use to create it or the Word doc that you created to use it and just get that, um, that URL link and link it to the word in the Excel sheet. So that's a really great way of keeping all the words organized. And then there's also, I have some notebooks in my product webpage where you can change them around as you want. Um, you can, and I'm, I'm going to have a video on my webpage showing you how to manipulate these notebooks and create so many notebooks out of just a one notebook and change the page size, etc. So what you could do with that in you create your Google slide notebook, you can make a copy of that by going into file, make a copy, make a copy of the entire presentation. And what you can do is now create your table, you have your table of contents, you can have in your table of contents, all the letters of the alphabet in your table of contents, you can link each one of the dividing pages. So if you have an A in the section, then B, C, D, all the way down, you made those, those actually file, like, like those section dividers in your notebook, you can link each one of those pages to the table of contents. And every time your child clicks on A, it'll bring them right to the A section and they can see all the words that are gonna be in there. And if you wanna get even further organized, you can have all the words that are in there written in the order you're putting them in right on the section tab that you have the A on. You can have it right below there. So there's so many ways of, really bringing organization and order to all this learning that will really help you and your child. And it's a really great activity if you're like in a pinch for activities with reading. I do notice that as we start being more organized, we give our children more of these project-based assignments. They really begin to feel empowered as they take ownership of their work. Also, if they have like a younger sibling, they actually teach the younger sibling new words by the ones that they have been learning. This is like the highest form of learning. It really is. I hope this helps. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, 
please follow me on Spotify or here at anchor.fm slash realedtalk. You can get all my notifications on real time and when a new episode is posted. Also, you'll find out when my new podcast comes out called Fireside Chats with Bex Buzzy. I have interviews with Robin Meadows. She is an amazing uh, author on version. Also, I have been interviewing uh, CEO of Pixar Photo Booth, McLean Harvey, as well as my amazing sister-in-law who's been homeschooling my niece since she was practically born and so many more people are going to be on there and these people have either been homeschooled and are super successful or are homeschooling parents or have homeschooled and they are giving away all of their tips and tricks and i'm here to share them with you so are they they're super excited to be just a help and to be an encouragement to all of you who are looking to make this change and dive deep into what homeschooling can be this amazing new world between you and your children and if you're just listening to these podcasts because you want to learn more on how to have different activities even in your own reading in your own life continue to follow me and we're going to go on this journey together on the bottom you can also check out my website i have a products on there that can really help and my workbooks for the end of each season will be on there really look forward to having this time with you all right take care this is beck spuzzy and you've been listening to real ed talk